All right, man. Should we kick it off? Yeah, play my theme music. <laughs> Hello, hello, and welcome back to another Bear Necessities podcast, your always authentic and readily ridiculed Chicago Bears podcast. With me again, or I'll introduce myself, name's Austin, I'm the host. With me is my gracious co-host, Reese. Man, for as much as long as we've been doing this, you'd think that uh, we'd get a little better, or I, I can't even put it on you, I should say, at least I should be a little bit better at this. Um, but, you know, as always, how you doing this week, Reese? Yeah, it's going good. Yeah, one day we'll perfect the intro, you know what I mean? <laughs> Whatever. It'll be when the Bears yeah. get good. <laughs> exactly. That was going to be my next line. It was, you know, the day will come, one of these days. We'll see it maybe. But, um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. I mean, I think certainly looking back at at this Vikings game, man, I really don't think – I think most weeks and I think even over the first three weeks I was able to – take a quick step back and be like, okay, here's, here's more of the positive things that I saw. Here's what I liked from, from what they did, even though it was still so messy and so bad after this week, I can't really, I can't do the same thing. I think this loss is sitting just as bad as it felt on Sunday, if I'm being honest. Well, I, what bothers you the most about, or at least what bothers me the most, I'm not going to you know, put words in anybody's mouth, but when you don't speak well, for me, <laughs> I used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> uh, what really bothers me about this is like, again, just the second, the second they like r- bring us back in the second they get us on their, on their uh, hook, you know, they just gotta, they gotta blow it again. And it's like, how embarrassing is it to, to, you know, come out and proclaim, especially if you guys did this to any of your friends over the past week before the game, uh, to proclaim that the Bears are back or that they're, you think they're going to be good for the rest of the season um, and then have them have that performance. The other thing is, is this? it's not like we got blown out or anything. This game was for the taking. I mean, the Vikings didn't like – this was an easy game. The, the Vikings are so mid. And they're not actually mid is even uh, uh, probably a compliment to them at this point. They're a bad team this year. And it was at home all for our taking. And like, sure, Justin gets injured. But like, what did you do for the three quarters that he actually did play? And the answer was a whole lot of nothing. The game plan was fucking horrible. And, and also <laughs> just the play calling was horrible. I, there were, were no redeeming vectors from this game. Yeah, no, there really wasn't. Um, exactly like you had said it. I mean, the defense had given up 12 points, so that game was, was right there to have it. Like, you got to put up just a, a passable offensive performance to go ahead and, and win that game, and you still didn't find anything close to it. And I think that really, I mean, so much of, of the Bears can tell you about just how they start off the gate, too. I mean, the Broncos game came out firing, you know, commander's game came out firing and fed DJ Moore, And then the start of this game, you know, cover zero, you know, they're blitzing right there. And just for whatever reason, the, well, obviously the protection, they end up dropping one of the linebackers out of it, but you still had, you know, five blitzers coming up against, um, the five on offensive linemen, no extra help. Cause the bears were, were spread out empty. And they actually had like a blitz beater too in that play. Yeah. Um, but Fields doesn't pull the trigger. 
gets gets walloped. And then just so much other just protection scheme is always breaks down for the Bears of the season. <laughs> I mean, I know the one that, you know, Bears fans are having a field day with, or even the rest of the league, honestly. I mean, the whole league is laughing at the Bears at this point. Um, you know, the Cody Whitehair going up and blocking. I think it was Jatiri Carter was in, <laughs> in the game at that point. Um, it's just, it's unreal to watch some of the some of the film on what this team is doing protection-wise. Um, and then also just the same frustrations from, you know, the first three weeks creeping back in. It's like the bears had kind of figured out what was working for them. And they honestly decided to avoid a lot of it. You know, we had, we've gone over this a million times before, haven't we Austin, like moving the pocket play action. I mean, I I don't know. I hate saying, I hate talking about it at this point. Cause it's just like the, the coaches are, are ignoring it. You know, they're, they're going ahead and playing the game plan, however they want it. My question is, is like, I think Justin Fields is spoken or speaking a little bit on uh, spoke what the hell am i doing man had justin fields had spoke on like the game planning before the game um with luke getsy and kind of his input and for whatever reason i can't fully remember what he had said but how does it go in those meetings like is justin yeah. fields just shaking his head or you know or is he like signing off on this too because there's no way <laughs> they come back from the commander's game they're like all right justin Right. Five step drops, traditional drops, <laughs> traditional reads, whole game. And ready to get what? hit. <laughs> guess what? We're gonna slide the protection over the wrong way every single play. Just like, oh right. yeah, I like this. Yeah, so, <laughs> this is nice. like, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It it it's laughable at this point. And that's the thing, is like the one thing I can say about this coaching staff is that they've found a way to make it so losing doesn't feel as bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just expected at this point. I even through For the real. Nagy era, the losses hurt and they burned, and it was like you know, it's not like these were amazing teams, but they were teams that always had at least a chance when they stepped on the field. And with this team, it just feels like you're gonna know exactly what you're saying, Reese. You're gonna know how this game will go within the first seven minutes of game time, and based on that, like regardless of if they're performing well or performing poorly. There's no changes that are going to be made mid-game um, to uh, <laughs> adjust the flow. Sure. It's either like if yeah. they're not scoring, they're just not going to score the whole game. If they are scoring, they're going to score the whole game. It's, <laughs> I mean, it makes it feel like this is just a pure miracle that they won that Thursday night game. No, honestly, I, I, I don't know. This team leaves me speechless. No, for real. I mean, you know, it's gotten bad when people are like reminiscing over Matt Nagy. I, I mean, I. I can't even, frankly, I don't even want to see it. I, I don't need to see the people are like, oh, I mean, maybe Nagy, Nagy wasn't so bad. I'm like, I, I can't do this right now. <laughs> but, like, frankly put, I mean, everyone that's associated with this regime is starting, like, setting records for how bad they are. I mean, yeah. and unfortunately, Justin Fields is being brought down with that. I know that, you know, and this is not me making a comment on Justin Fields at this moment, at this point. But, I mean, now as far as, like, having a minimum of 10 stars, he has the worst winning percentage of any Bears quarterback in history. He has, like, one of the worst winning percentages of any quarterback in history. It's it's wild to see. I mean, Iberflus, his coaching record, speaks for itself. (laughs) The one thing, too, I know I brought up, like, the home games, which, of course, during Iberflus' tenure, the Bears have only won two, two home games and were approaching the halfway point of 
of this season. So we're about one and a half seasons in, only two home wins. But and how many enough, of those were divisional wins? Zip nada because the Bears are 0-8 in division. Put players in position to succeed. And the last thing, the most important piece, is we're going to take the North and never give it back. All right. Well, that seems a little far off. <laughs> Run it to the bank, man. <laughs> when do we get to cash that in? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Unreal. I mean, I, I think at least because of, like, the this current draft coming up, everything like that, you we can – like, the amount of draft capital we have to the position of the cap on the team, like, you, there still is reasons to be optimistic for the long-term future of this team. But I think what's been so startling this year just going in it is like, sure, that like opportunity is there, but it's going to be starting from ground one. I mean, it. what truthfully, and I, I want to know what you think, like how many games this year would they have to win in order for them to keep their jobs? Like this coaching staff, that is. And how, how many games would, you know, even Justin Fields, even though this isn't exactly his fault, how many games would he have to win to prevent the Bears from inevitably it seems like at this point drafting a quarterback yeah i mean i think that this coaching staff has buried themselves in deep um but man i think to to give themselves a real fighting chance i think they have to and this has to be built it doesn't have to be fully in a row of course but there needs to be a decent win streak built in there as well i i have a feeling you have to win at least six more games i want to say seven and yeah. So I'm saying you have to finish with at least seven wins, um, seven to eight. Like, I don't yeah. know. I don't think anything, frankly, less quite does it. And if I'm being honest at the, at this moment, I don't think they're going to get close. <laughs> I really don't think they're going to get close to that. Um, for Fields, it's a different discussion. I think I had texted you, um, you know, everyone else I kind of, you know, talk bears with all the time. Will I be friends? You know, shout out my brother. Other people just, you know, always wanted to talk about the bears and trying to figure this whole mess out. But like, I feel like with Justin Fields, and I think so much just kind of boils down to the injury as well. But the way I'm even looking at it now, because Fields has been kind of so hard to gauge throughout this. I mean, there's been the shortcomings, but there's also been the super high highs, like where you're seeing, yeah. like, yes, like this can work. Like this. If he we can play like this consistently, like we can definitely be a successful football team. But it's just been too far in in between. And I think what it boils down, and I know we'll kind of get into some of the draft stuff later, but I think it boils down to where Ryan Poles wants to hitch his wagon. You know, yeah. that's where the ultimate deciding point comes down. Is I think people, because everyone's getting tied into the, the fields versus Caleb Williams or the, the few people that are out here petitioning for Drake May already, you know, some of the contrarian opinions, whoever you want it to be. Michael um, Penix. <laughs> right, exactly. It's always fields versus them. But in reality, I think people need to think about and fans need to think about Ryan Poles, if he hitches his wagon to Justin Fields, if Fields fails, if it doesn't work out, if he doesn't develop or end up being successful on this team, Ryan Poles is gone. And yeah. if he if he drafts a new quarterback, and all of this, I'm already hinging this off the coaching staff is being fired. Like, let me put that out there. This is everything I'm talking about already has that in context. Um, if they draft a new quarterback, it gives it it stretches out Ryan Poles' timetable, obviously. Yeah. Um, so I think that. There's a 
I wouldn't want to say a majority chance. I want to say fairly strong chance that they will end up drafting the quarterback purely off of trying to line all the different timetables up um, and, and just kind of starting to start new. And, you know, maybe some of that's relatively based off Justin Fields' performance. But I think, you know, the listeners of our podcast would understand where we've come from. We very much think that Justin Fields could go and, and be very successful somewhere else. Like, I don't think I'm not trying to say that he's a massive failure. I'm not saying that he's a bust. It's just maybe it's going to be a mutual parting of ways. And that's that's truly what's so difficult about this discussion. And we'll we'll go ahead and, and officially issue it. And we do want to take a moment to talk about just like the overall situation, um, because we're. I know we're not there yet, but we're pretty close to the halfway point in the season, which is insane. It, it's really stuck, uh, snuck up on us, um, even with how horrendous this team has been <laughs> uh, and how long at times these games seem to <laughs> seem to take and to watch. Yeah, my God. Um, <laughs> we're almost at the halfway point of the season, and because of that, we have to start having discussions like this. And realistically, yeah, this coaching staff has actually no redeemable qualities like there's nothing right i mean they've already had a player that they brought in and draft highly shipped off the team because they couldn't control him or develop him they've quite frankly struggled at developing players as a whole and i'm not going to say i don't i mean it could just be that putting him in a position to succeed it could be um you know, just not having talent around them specifically. I'm thinking like these defensive tackles, right? Really, really young. And when you're a young defensive lineman, the worst possible scenario is for you to be on a team like the Bears where no one's taken any of the pressure off of you. Um, so I, I, as far as the quarterback goes, though, the unfortunate situation here is kind of what you were hitting on, Reese, is it's not necessarily Fields' fault, any of this. Um, and he has shown some very, very high highs, but he's also shown some extreme lows in terms of, you know, frequently costing the Bears a game. Now, is that a Justin Fields problem or is that a, this coaching staff problem? Because Tyson Bajan did it last week, too. Um, I, I think that there is some shared responsibility and it doesn't need to be this, you know, him like it's this one or that one situation. Really, I feel like it's a matter of everyone has a little bit of blame and at the end of the day, what's currently on the team clearly isn't working. Like you could, you know, you can be the biggest Justin Field guy in the world, and I'm definitely a big Justin Fields guy. And if we somehow don't get the first overall pick, then I think that that's going to be a completely different discussion. But if you end up with the first overall pick, you get a new coaching staff. I just really struggle to believe that whoever comes in and inherits this team is going to want to be tasked with, you know, fixing a broken quarterback or fixing the fourth year quarterback. And especially when you have someone like Caleb Williams. Now, if this was a different year, maybe my answer changes. Like if this was even, you know, last year, this year with Bryce Young at the top of the board, I think my answer would probably change to this. But this is a really, really good crop of young quarterbacks at the top of this draft, even throughout the whole draft, to be completely honest. And if you have that opportunity, you take it. I don't know what comes about with Justin Fields, and that's another question I want to pose. Like, is there a scenario where they're, where Justin and a young quarterback is on this team going into training camp next year? Or it, it, it's that doesn't I just don't see the happen. point in that situation, though. Yeah. I just yeah. don't see, like, why, why are we going to play that game? Like, I understand the, the sitting the quarterback for a year. 
But for this Bears team, like historically, that just never works out. <laughs> like the new quarterback ends up out, uh, uh, yeah. starting, you know, week three, week like six at the max, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's if here's the thing is like I tr- that's why this injury also kind of complicates things to be honest because it's coming off of like Justin Fields' best two performances. So that that adds another complicating factor. And what is going to be the worst case scenario is if the Bears draft the quarterback and trade Justin Fields or something, then Justin Fields becomes good and the quarterback becomes bad, right? That's an option. But I just think you truly have to hand it over to the coaching staff and hopefully you get a real coaching staff this time to make this decision, right? Um, It's going to be key. Because it's, it's, to me, as much as I love Justin, if like just aligning timelines makes sense, aligning coaches, allowing a coach to have his pick. And the one thing that I'll also say to Justin about Justin is sure. Even if he can perform within a system to a high level at times, my concern would be long-term going forward. Like I, I know we harp on this coaching staff of not putting Justin in a position to succeed, But at times when you have to game plan so much to play a certain way because of a player and you're designing your entire offense around a specific player, it can cause it can cause some issues with winning long term. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, sustaining success is uh, (laughs) what Ryan Poles is all about here. Um, But yeah, I mean. What do we say last off season? Like that's gonna be the most important off season coming up, and then probably the off season before that. Probably gonna be the most important off season come up again this year. Um, so you know, get ready to strap up and yeah. <laughs> strap in and see what the Bears are gonna do because it's gonna be another important off season. I mean, I, I feel like, like I said, I have no faith in this coaching staff to really get enough wins or, or turn this team around to the point where I think they save their jobs. I think it's it's too far off the rails. Um, if it was a different organization, Eberflus likely or would be basically like another loss away from getting fired. So, um, yeah. but this is the Bears, so that's probably not going to happen um, to much of your dismay. Uh, but yeah, we're going to move forward. I, I think too, it's going to be interesting to see how long this whole thumb issue. Of course, Eberflus doesn't give much detail, um, so we're still very much in the weeds with what this thumb situation is going to look like. Um, there's a pretty wide range, pretty wide timetable based on if he does surgery or doesn't need to get surgery. Um, or under the understanding that the swelling is coming down. So they can really only use the swelling excuse for a couple more days before people are going to be like, okay, like <laughs> you kind of have to know, yeah. like tell us, I mean, only have a little bit more time with that. So we're going to see how that plays out. In the meantime, we get the, so you get to watch Bajant sling it around, which I believe Bajant is the correct way to pronounce his last name. Yeah. I think I saw a, a way to pronounce it, but it's kind of all over the place at this point. Um, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a weird point. I mean, we'll see Tough how much, I, how, how many more games we even have to evaluate Justin Fields this year, if at yeah, all. I mean, I guess that's... there's a chance that he could be out the rest of the year technically we've played enough where if it's that full like 12 week timetable he might be shot if he off. needs a surgery <laughs> i think he's done yeah to to be completely honest I, I think he's truly done and i don't know how many games tyson bajant can win <laughs> to be completely honest um you know i think that he showed 
And like, let's take a moment to speak about him too, right? I I, I want to be able to fold. I'd rather talk about Trace McSorley. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that should have been the intro music up? today. <laughs> right? Oh man, but I I do. If Justin's down, it's gonna it's gonna be really tough. And what I really think is like over the next three weeks, including this injury. Um, I, you know, from most of the people that I've seen, like actual reputable doctors on Twitter that are face, you know, like real face to face doctors, not like internet doctors or whatever. Um, <laughs> but they not like the, also not like the doctors at like the, the urgent cares. It's like a real, you know, surgeon or something. <laughs> but he, he, uh, they were saying that it's probably going to be at least four weeks. Um, and that right now they're probably just evaluating to see if they need surgery or not. And they're saying if it's surgery, he's done for the season, um, which is just insane to think about. It's kind of a weird injury. Um, and that would really, really suck, uh, for Justin specifically. Cause again, now he's not in control of his fate at all. That's the one thing that I did like about this season is like, Hey, at least Justin's kind of in control of his fate. Obviously you can't, he can't design the coaching staff around him, but you know, that's that's yeah. the benefit there. And the thing that w- one other thing I want to just harp on really quickly is that the next three weeks of the season will completely define where the Bears are uh, as an organization. Um, specifically, I want to talk about the Panthers, too, because the Panthers are well, the Bears have obviously the Raiders this week. And then I, I can't even remember who we have next week, but then we go to play the Panthers. Right. So the Panthers and the Bears will play each other. So someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. The Panthers over the next three weeks also have Houston, Indy, and then us. So there's some winnable games on the table. Obviously, for the Bears, it seems unlikely that they're going to win any of them. Also, based on Bajent so far, uh, turning the ball over. If he keeps turning the ball over like that, then we're not going to win a single game for the rest of the season if he's our quarterback. Um but also from the Panthers pick, I mean, that plays in this whole situation as well. Um, ideally, the Panthers don't win a game this year because then it gets rid of some of the tiebreaker opportunities that there are. But um, man, it's going to it's it's really this conversation about Justin Fields and where he's at is going to really get interesting in three weeks. Yeah, no, I mean, that's very true. And, you know, honestly, I mean, this is a. Well, we'll get deeper into the Vegas game, but like this is a Vegas team that actually has one of the worst ranked offenses in the league, you know, so like it should technically be in play and just like kind of the point you're making for the Carolina Panthers. So, yeah, there's a lot to kind of be shaken up and down. There's a lot of teams in the NFL this year that are just kind of straight up like bad. There's a lot of teams at the one win mark. Um, So that creates the opportunity for a little bit of chaos, kind of like we had seen towards the end of of last year of course you know the bears got the first overall pick on the the final day so you know it would really be terrible to be caught on the flip side of that again or to be on the flip side uh this time come around so man yeah because it could certainly go from you know right now the bears are lockstep at one and two it could be you know a four and six you know you end up picking and you know, do you package them and move up or, you know, but I've seen a lot of the same rationale as far as, you know, 
a lot of the Bears fans, especially the the Fields truthers, which I guess that's a thing now, right? <laughs> like yeah. Fields truthers, just like there were Mitch truthers, um, you know, saying that, you know, you package it basically the same rhetoric as last year. And I guess there's the same opportunity to make that same move as you did last year. If the Bears end up in control of the number one pick, um, which I think feeds into what I said about polls earlier, even more so. It's like if you decide to stick with Justin Fields and you had control of two first overall picks, didn't take a quarterback and it didn't work out, yeah. you're definitely game fired. There's you're like fired. no way you can. And you're not getting another job. In the yeah, NFL. exactly. Like you um, are not figuring out a way out of this. So you're going to end up like Michael Lombardi. <laughs> yeah, just tweeting. Yeah, tweeting about Caleb Williams. How sad, man. How sad is that? I, I just, I. I don't know. I don't follow. I don't really enjoy listening to that man, you know, but watching, I have to say one of my favorite things about football in general is just the random people that people trust on rumors. Like they'll be like tweeting out, Oh, I'm hearing a rumor. And it's like this like bears account with like 3000 followers and doesn't even have his picture as a profile. (laughs) Like it's just hilarious. And they like, they act as if that there's just these random people on Twitter that actually have, these sources when really, again, as we've mentioned it before, if you have sources, you know, you're not going to compromise your sources. People don't realize how easy it is for it to figure out what's being leaked. The reason why guys like Adam Schefter and uh, Ian Rappaport get information is because they're extremely high up and teams go to them when they want to release information. Um, You know, sure, there's things that you can hear through the grapevine, but uh, something that really made me chuckle earlier uh, this week is uh, I, I think it was I forget who it was, but some report, uh, some talk show guy was saying that apparently Lincoln Riley is uh, is uh, going to be making a move to the NFL and following Caleb wherever he's going. So uh, that would be quite interesting to see as a Bears fan. <laughs> I, 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 I that will I, I can everyone can be rest assured that will not be happening, um, but. I, I just have a chuckle every time I hear these, uh, you know, these these Twitter warriors. Uh, I, th- I think it's tougher to get some of these college coaches out of the college game than it used to be now. Because a better job. It's just it's, a better job. <laughs> it's you have control of basically your team from top down. You know, it's different than, of course, not many coaches, especially you know, a first time coach like Lincoln Riley wouldn't be given the privilege of being able to kind of sit in that pseudo GM chair as well. Like he wouldn't have that privilege. You know, when you're the college football head coach, you have your staff help do you with the recruiting, but ultimately you're making decisions. Sure. You still have an AD to talk to, but it's different. And like these coaches contracts in (laughs) college football are crazy now. Like there's, Coaches making some serious money. More than most NFL coaches. I mean, actually, I think I'm pretty sure like of the top five like paid coaches out of like all college and NFL, I'm pretty sure they're all college coaches. And it's just because I I mean, you guys can look up how much Lincoln Riley is making right now. It's significantly more than Matt Eberflus. Um, but it's also just like the exactly what you're saying, the full control of the roster. You don't need to worry about GM. You don't need to worry about ownership. And you also just like, I'm not going to say this for like, it's different obviously when you're at a program like USC, but let's say you're at a program like the University of Kentucky or the University of Iowa. The expectations are just much lower. If you can win a bowl game here or there, you're a hero. 
And uh, that's yeah. just not the way is the the career stability. And let me just Are say you starting this for Bob Stoops rumors right now. Is that <laughs> what I'm hearing? <laughs> he, he, this this just what I'll say for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, I would be shocked if he had um, would be joining the NFL anytime soon. Um, he is not a typical. A, I think there's this misconception that college coaches care about coming to the NFL. Um, that is incorrect. A lot of college coaches love college football. Uh, college football is a different beast than the NFL in general. Um, and, and it has different, just different dynamics too. Um, the other thing is like, you also just have a lot more stability in Lincoln Riley at the point he is in his career. Uh, not that he's old at all, but he has young children. Um, and I think they feel pretty stable with the situation that was put around them recently. Um, I, I would be quite frankly stunned <laughs> if anything like that were to happen. Yeah. And, and Mark Stoops, I meant, by the way, for anyone trying to catch me on a technicality, <laughs> acting like I don't know ball. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think the Bears would go after a, a college transition coach at the moment. I know it's just the right, like the success rate's extremely low, too. I mean, yeah, and Pete I know Carroll like, is like one yeah. of the only notable ones, and it took him a couple stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I know people are clamoring for Harbaugh, which, of course, is a Michigan fan. Um, I think that depends on what Michigan can do as far as getting an extension done. But I think kind of the at least the way the season's going right now, I think they'll probably do most of what they can to to retain him. And I think he's enjoying where he's at at the moment. So. I think kind of what to the point I said for Lincoln Riley, I think it's tougher to pry them away from the college programs, especially the top college programs at the moment um, to get them to move toward the NFL. But I think there's a lot of other people in play. I know we'll discuss it. Um, I know we'll brought up the name Ben Johnson a lot already. There's quite a few already um, names kind of being churned up in the rumor mill. Cause it just seems like such a short deal already, but I guess as the season moves forward, we'll have a, a better idea, probably a better list of candidates for y'all. But yeah. Yeah. Ben Johnson obviously just sounds so obvious because he's had full control of that offense there and for the lions and has impressed everywhere. And I've notably said, if you can make Jared Goff look good, you can make anyone look good. Um, so I, you know, having that certainty, I think would be good. I, I find it interesting because he is, he's not really a disciple of anyone. He's kind of his own coach. Um, kind of similar to like Brian Dable, where he's kind of like doing his own thing, uh, which I, I do find interesting and definitely cer can certainly work, obviously, um, but definitely interesting to consider him versus somebody like uh, I forget his name, but who's on the Texans, the offensive coordinator, who is a Shanahan disciple uh, and certain other guys that kind of have that brand name behind them. Interested to see how that'll kind of play out in the head coaching interviews. Uh, but yeah, Ben Johnson would certainly be my top choice right now. Um, Talking about Bobby Slowick. Yes, Bobby Slowick. Yeah. Um, I mean, the Texans have been uh, amazing so far. I mean, uh, honestly, it's sad that it seems like they're probably going to get their turnaround uh, quicker than the Bears. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. They've kind of had, uh, they figured out the quarterback position twice uh, while well, the Bears have have struggled around so that is that is pretty funny um yeah. all right let's talk about the raiders so this will be an interesting game uh two backup quarterbacks <laughs> jimmy garoppolo will not be playing it'll be aiden o'connell or brian Hoyer. i don't know if they made a decision there yet oh it could be a revenge game for brian could be the Hoyer revenge game yeah 
I when I saw him playing last week, I was like, dude, I still can't even I mean, this guy was here before Mitch. It's just insane to think about the longevity that some of these guys have, especially these journeymen. I'm like, Brian Hoyer. I was like, I didn't even realize he was still on a team. Yeah. And uh sure enough. Had to put the glasses on to make sure it wasn't Tom Brady slinging it out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh but man. um it's crazy. I mean, I think I said it before. I think the Raiders, for the first time last week, broke 20 points. Oh, yeah. That, that makes yeah. sense. Their Did offense they... has been trash. <laughs> yeah, weird, weirdly enough, because they have some good uh, individual performers. Um, but just in general, it's been less than inspiring. <laughs> you know, I think specifically, like, I mean, let's be honest here. It's just Josh McDaniel. He's not supposed to be a head coach. They also have Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. So it's just questionable all across the board. They miss on every single draft pick. Somehow they still win more games than the Bears uh, over the past two seasons. It's it's um, it's quite frankly insane. Um, yeah, but this will be uh, a real snooze fest, I'm sure. Uh, will not be very exciting. Not that many Bears games have been this year. Uh, but let's let's get into the team breakdown to start this off. Quarterback, who you going, Bajent or Hoyer slash O'Connell? Yeah, I think I'll go with O'Connell. I mean, honestly, I know I had yeah. watched him play at Purdue. I mean, obviously in Big Ten country here. And he can sling it around, you know. I mean, not that Bajent can't. I mean, I think we've kind of seen that he can sling the ball too, but Aiden O'Connell can can hit the, you know, decent deep pass. Um, but he's just pretty consistent. He's a fairly accurate passer. Obviously, he's not anything too crazy, but he's a pretty solid quarterback. So I think I would go, assuming they start Aiden O'Connell, I'll go with him. Um, you know, Brian Hoyer, sure, you know, a dynamic duo there. Maybe they play both. Maybe they go with two quarterback <laughs> system. <laughs> you put Hoyer in the wild. will have him be like the wild carry the uh, Taysom Hill role. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, man, who's going to get the snap? <laughs> the six second 40. <laughs> oh, man. But wow. I have I have some mild faith for Bajent that he can at least execute in a game manager role. He can get the ball out of his hand pretty quick. Um, so I think he'll be able to work the short pass game, but I fear for, well, I fear for him getting hit a lot, obviously. Um, and also too, just them bringing some blitzes and then pressing, um, not allowing them to get the ball out quick, you know, dropping if they are, when they do drop in a zone, playing it pretty shallow. So we'll see. I'll have to assume that they're going to try to hide Bajan a little bit in this game. And uh, I will Behind almost what? assume, <laughs> I know, and I'll almost also assume that the game plan is just going to be absolutely horrendous. It wouldn't surprise me if this one of those stinker fests on offense where they have like 20 <laughs> yards at the half. Um, it it would, uh, it, that would not surprise me one bit. But what I can say is if they do let Bajan air it out a little bit, um, A, I'm interested Okay, I want to see it because I, I, he has one of the more interesting uh, stories here, beating out you know multiple well-regarded journeymen, uh, one of which just actually beat the 49ers last week. Yeah. Um, not that I'm saying the Bears were wrong by that. By any means, he was clearly horrible when he was with us. Um, but what I will say is that I think we'll see a lot of good, but I also think we'll see some a good amount of bad. 
to be honest. Like, I think we'll see kind of what we saw this past week where, like, you know, he hits, he hits a throw, perfect timing, um, you know, right in the middle, like, anticipates the throw perfect and then throws the, you know, out route too short and it gets picked off or pick sixed or something like that. Like, that's kind of what I'm anticipating here, to be honest. Um, I don't think we'll win. Uh, I know that's uh, uh, a little early in the show. Whoa, to say whoa, that, whoa. But... You're jumping the gun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm jumping the gun. Um, I do let not me, think we'll win. <laughs> let me ask you this. Let me ask yeah. you this since you already soiled the other prediction. <laughs> prediction on this. I know this is tough. I mean, this could be very wrong, very right. Stat line. Give me a yardage touchdown interception for Bajan. I'm going to say... 129 yards, one touchdown, one interception. That's it. Gotcha. I think I, I could see him creeping up a little bit closer. Now, this, I mean, once again, it's all about the start here. This man could be like sub 100. <laughs> or I think I'm feeling, though, that he can creep a little bit closer to, to 200. I'm thinking like a, okay. a, cool, a cool 175, 180. You know, give me a touchdown and two picks. I think he's going to turn over a couple times. Twice. I I I think it'll turn over multiple times too, but I don't know if it'll be a pick. Strip sacks. (laughs) Yeah, I think that could be it too. Um, The errant snap. (laughs) Which, funny enough, is also something that Matt Eberflus is highly secretive about why Cody Whitehead (laughs) left the game, even though it was the most obvious reason ever. The snap. The snap was 10 feet above every quarterback every time. It was like it was perfectly tuned to be 10 feet, to be snapped 10 feet above like, the quarterback's uh, head. Like, Cody Whitehair was taken out with uh, illness. <laughs> yeah. He got mono. <laughs> yeah. He got mono um, from uh, Terrell. And, uh... <laughs> um, but he, here's the other aspect of it. It's like, just be straightforward, okay? We all know why Cody Whitehair was taken out of the game. It was obvious. And for those of you who don't know, Cody Whitehair snapping the ball airily nearly every time last week, which is one of the worst snapping performances I've ever seen, even for Cody Whitehair. It messes up everything timing-wise in the offense. Like People oh, don't probably do not realize it. It messes up how you're accounting for blitzes, how you're feeling pressure, where you're at in your progression, where you're at in your drop. It it ruins out. You're, you might be starting off on the wrong foot for your drop. Like It messes up literally everything. And, so much uh, so that Justin Fields tucked it and run on, on yeah. one of them. That's how it just blew up the whole play. So Yeah. Look at my dog right now. I know. My dog does that too. <laughs> for the for our listeners, my dog is just like laying on her back, just <laughs> uh, passed out. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, I'm sure it doesn't sound funny to you guys, but it is pretty funny. Um, yeah, it's it's it messes everything up. And like again, this was something I think you and I both were saying in the off season. It's like, Hey, we're not convinced Cody Whitehair is going to be good at center. <laughs> Everyone all of a sudden was like, this is his natural position. Like, uh, do you remember the last time he was at center? It was horrible. Um, and it seems like that's the case. Cody Whitehair for as much, you know, I really respect that he st- uh, stood with that being said, he has one of the most bloated contracts on the team, but I do really respect how he's gone through, literally some of the worst times the bears have been in and uh, managed to still keep, you know, a positive attitude the whole time. 
um, be yeah. a good guy. So, but I, it seems enough. It seems evidently that he will be replaced this off season, uh, rightfully so. And I think that you know he's someone that I'd be interested in actually if he get, could get traded at the trade deadline. Might as well, right? I mean, I think I'm listening on most things. I think, I think, unfortunately, the player with like the most value is like Jalen Johnson. That's realistically yeah. a trade target, and he's the player that I really don't want to see go. Yeah, you know, I think that one would, that one would hurt. Honestly, I mean, like at this point, some people, some fans might hate to say it. If someone wants Bojack, like, yeah, yeah. sure, like, <laughs> yeah go for it i guess but yeah and there yeah. were there were rumors coming out from uh, adam Schefter that the eagles are looking to add um you know some db help and for those of you who don't know sean desai is actually the defensive coordinator of the eagles um and obviously has that relationship with jalen johnson eddie jackson um yeah i don't i don't know i th- i think that it's i just think that it's uh it is going to be, unfortunately, time for some of these guys to go. I think that the guys I really do want to keep are Darnell Mooney and Jalen ja- uh, Jalen Johnson. Eddie Jackson, I think we'll keep maybe. If we don't trade him, we'll keep him for one more year, and then I think we'll plan his succession plan, mostly for injury too. I mean, he has kind of not done a whole lot this year, but a lot of it's been injury as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah, unfortunately. But let's let's keep moving on. Running back, I know Roshan doesn't seem like he's going to be back. Khalil's not back. So we're looking at Donta Foreman. We're looking at uh, Darrington Evans. I don't know, I mean, man. This one's cool. Them or no, Josh Jacobs? <laughs> <laughs> man, no, I was like, you got to be joking, right? No, definitely definitely favors the Raiders there. Um, yeah. By, by a landslide. I will say this real quickly about Roshan Johnson. This is a little concerning concussion protocol for this long. Two weeks, yeah. Yeah. It's normally like, a while. Normally when you go like multiple weeks in concussion pro, and it's also was like for, since the Washington game too. So that's like even a little bit of a buy too. Yeah, if he doesn't play this week, um, that is a little concerning. Uh, just also for, I mean, those of you who've ever been health. concussed before, you know how horrible it is. Um and like it can they say that even one concussion can drastically uh change your mental health for the rest of your life so um you know yeah not to get too derailed again here we'll stay on (laughs) on topic after this but i've been feeling too like justin fields has taken some hits to the head this season that yeah i almost thought like for sure that he was concussed so i mean as much as i hate to say it i feel like he has been playing sometimes this season concussed as well, which yeah. I don't know if it's not being spotted correctly or if he is actually being cleared, but there's been some shots. And then I'm like, when he does some things later in the game, I'm like, I I don't know if he's fully mentally processing everything right. But yeah, yeah. Bears players have had a rough go at it this year with concussions, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, wide receiver. Um. This might be a hot take, but I'd rather have DJ more than Devontae Adams right now. Hmm. Man, this is that's a tough one. I'm with you slightly on the DJ Moore thing. That is kind of a hot take. But I I big DJ Moore fan. I like DJ Moore a lot. So I think that they're closer than me. Most people would put him at. I'd go Raiders personally. Um 
I can't speak on his health, but like Hunter Renfro, of course. Yeah. I don't know. Jacoby if, Myers. No, I'm I'm going Raiders actually, overall still oh, too. Okay. Gotcha. Jacob, yeah, he's popped off this year. Yeah, he's he's played really well, really really well. And yeah, Hunter Renfro. So I'm I'm definitely going Raiders still. Um, you're just saying straight up, but like I mean, I'm yeah. even not considering age, just like current playing, like how well they're Form. playing. I think I'd rather take DJ Moore. Um, it's fair. Yeah. Now, obviously, career is something different. <laughs> Devontae Adams is yeah. definitely one of the best wide receivers to ever play the game. Um, so, uh, tight end. This one's interesting to me. This one's really interesting. I feel like I'd go Bears personally. Yeah. Um, and I I think that that's actually, I'll spoil, since he spoiled the prediction, I'll spoil my keys to the game. I think for Bajan, like, Cole Komet's got to come out here and have a game, right? I mean, yeah. we talk about tight ends being very friendly, a young quarterback. And I think especially when we're talking about a quick game, like doing some zone beaters, sitting in the zone, um, or winning those one-on-one matchups, you know, tight ends usually are the ones that do get some favorable matchups um, multiple times throughout the game. Cole Komet's got to make himself available, ready and often. Hopefully they don't need to hold him in all day or continuously use him for chips. They might have to, but... Um, you know, to help contain some of the edge rushing prowess of this Raiders team. But Kameska didn't have a big game. I think I'd go for the tight end here. Of course, you know, much more renowned out of Notre Dame, though, is, is Michael Mayer yeah. um, on the Raiders, which he was much more, had a much a lot higher projection coming out of college, of course, in his rookie season right now than Cole Komet ever did. I, I had Mayer as a first-round pick uh, in my pre-draft evaluations. I think that he, the one thing he can do extremely well, um, especially watching this as a USC fan, like really bugged the hell out of me, is he can go up and get the ball. Like you could throw him an absolute duck in the end zone and he could just body up a corner and take that ball down. Um, he has that ability. He's also just so well-rounded, in my opinion. I thought he's one of the uh, better tight ends I've evaluated in the past, you know, four years, five years even. Um, him and Dalton Kincaid were both extremely good, which both USC played last year, uh, unfortunately. But um, yeah, I think it seems odd to predict that a Raiders player will actually develop and not be just a huge bust. But it wouldn't surprise me if Michael Mayer is one of the better tight ends in the league uh, come a couple years down the road. It's just hard for rookie tight, uh, tight ends. I mean, you can't really expect any like p- teams that come in and expect them to do anything besides block and, you know, maybe you know, box out a corner or something like that. Like you're really expecting too much from them. Mayor started to come on a bit though last week. I think more so yeah, than he, he has did. at all. Um, he multiple on third down. He was a crucial target. I think he had like three or four straight uh, third down conversions for the Raiders. So something to look out for him. He's, he's getting in form. He's getting, he's, you know, playing towards what his ability is and against the bears i mean honestly anything's possible oh yeah he might have himself a game oh yeah totally can see that um speaking of which how many receptions are we gonna let up on like the simple shallow crosser when jalen johnson's in man coverage it seems like that's been hit at least (laughs) one time a game yeah no for sure this team gets beat on everything underneath (laughs) and over the middle (laughs) like you can have whatever you want. I and mean, that's what's so frustrating with this defensive scheme entirely is it, a team, especially like going up against a young quarterback, I don't think helps this Bears defense all too much because 
they're always surrendering yardage off the bat. Yeah. You want to talk about staying like on schedule within an offense. I would pass on first down every time because they're going to allow you to to go ahead and get that, be put in that second and six, second and five, second and four type situation because they always surrender it. Like yeah. it's it's infuriating. <laughs> it 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 truly is infuriating. Um, yeah. Oh God, this defense is so bad. <laughs> like I even just think it's like schematically too. To be completely honest, um, I I think that it's a as a whole. I do think it's a talent thing, but it's also just as a whole. It's just bad all around. What the 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 situational play calling, which seems to be a trend on both sides of the ball here, is just horrible on defense. Mm, it's been. Yeah. I'll say this. It's been better since Iberflus has taken over. It has. Like, it truly has. And, by the way, we should mention Bears hired a senior defensive analyst. I want to say Scott Frost, but that's not who it was. It was um, I can promise you it was not Scott Frost. Um, has He's got some ties to Matt Rule, though. So, once again, we're kind of doing a, a weird thing. With, we're doing a weird thing with uh, Nebraska here because he was a defensive coordinator under Matt Rule. Yeah, Phil Snow from the Carolina Panthers. Scott Frost. Oh, man. Yeah, this true. guy's just collecting a paycheck and laughing all the way to the bank, isn't he, man? Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. Iberflus made it very clear he's not going to be in the building. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> it make, made it seem like this guy gave him an ultimatum. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll be here, but I'm not coming in the building. And he was like, he pulled the work from home card. He's like, this is work from home, right? <laughs> I'd say that does the trick. That'll do it. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, I'd say that'll do it. That'll do it. You just be our defense coordinator, but just work from home. Actually, just yeah. call it on the broadcast. Just watch the broadcast and call the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, that's funny. Rule really does like, uh, uh, well, Nebraska really does. like. well, not, now the joke isn't as funny. Cause I guess it doesn't really line up. I was going to say people with frosty, snowy, festive, festive last names. Mm, true. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Offensive line. <sighs> Honestly, <laughs> this is going to seem unreal, but I might go with the bears <laughs> because I <laughs> no. did. I <laughs> I did witness the Raiders give up six sacks to with Aiden O'Connell playing to Khalil Mack, and they were just getting trampled all game. <laughs> oh my god. Literally, um this offensive line is really not that good, um, to be frank for them. They do have Colton Miller, which honestly, when he was drafted, I thought it was hilarious how over over drafted he was. And it reminded me of every other Raiders pick. But somehow that ended up kind of working out for them. Um, so I'll give him credit there. Everyone else is struggling. Um, and again, that's a result of their horrible, horrible draft classes year in and year out. It's actually like almost it's almost as impressive as how frequently Matt Eberflus loses games and this bears organization hires bad coaches as the Raiders ability to just hit on 0% of their picks. Um, <laughs> For real. It goes, that goes South real quick. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to go to the bears too. Funny enough. Um, even though Larry Borum might be the worst offensive lineman in the entire league right now, he's freaking awful. I, I don't know who was giving that little victory lap to him a couple weeks ago on Twitter space, but uh, Larry Borum is horrible. Absolutely. And Nate horrible. Davis probably isn't going to play. Yeah. Yeah. So like who's, who's going in that Dan Feeney, maybe 
I'm I'm interested to see the other thing. Doug Kramer's coming off IR. I kind of wonder if they might put him at center and uh, shade Lucas Patrick over to right guard. That'd be probably what I would anticipate. Um, if he is actually, if like I know he's off IR and like practicing now. I don't know where he is in the ramp up period or whatever. So that'd be interesting. But we might see the first like real game snaps of Doug Kramer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, we definitely could. I mean, at this point, we're really just riding the, the Jenkins and Darnell Wright. And Darnell Wright didn't have a great game this past week. No. But we're kind of just riding them as far as we can go <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Everything else is definitely not a given, unfortunately. Yeah, definitely not. Um, all right, defense. Defensive line. Uh, the Bears are going up against their old player, Bilal Nichols. Uh, he's on the Raiders. Uh, they also have Max Crosby, obviously, who's going to be the best defense player in the game by far. Not nearly and, uh, as important as Bilal Nichols, though. <laughs> yeah. Not, <laughs> and uh, they'll also be facing Tyree Wilson, who highly drafted edge, who's really not panned out to this point. Still early in his career, but like struggling, which is not something I anticipated. A uh, player that I really liked for the Bears going into the draft. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to spoil who you think has the better defensive <laughs> line, Reese? Man, I think I might have to go with well, Yannick Ngakwe and the boys. <laughs> oh, it's a Yannick Ngakwe revenge game, too. I didn't even think about that. Actually, yes. One of his many former teams. Yeah, um, yeah I'm definitely got to go with the Raiders here. I mean, um, Max Crosby is one of the, the elite edge rushers in the league right now at this point. Um, so, yeah, really, this is no competition for the Bears, unfortunately. And um, it's going to be scary. I mean, once again, I, I know that we had talked about this for the Commanders game. So, you know, maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised again this week, but I doubt it. Um, I, I think that this Raiders uh, defensive line should should have quite an outing against this Bears unit. It's also an Andrew Billings revenge game. Um, oh, yeah. This, uh, this might be the only team that will play where we might actually have a better interior defensive line. Um, but yeah, the, the bookends are just like way better. I mean, Max Crosby is way better than anyone that the bears have. So, and he's been, he's been on fire lately. I mean, the past couple games, he's been playing really well. Um, and against the first time starter, I mean, he's going to be licking his chops. I mean, just like Cleo Mack was back when they played the chargers and Aiden O'Connell was in the game, like. It's just open season at that point, especially if you have them in in passing situations. Like, it's just not a good combo. Yeah. Yep. Get ready for those screens. <laughs> I'm sure they're coming. They're low. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The old Darnell Mooney not going to block anybody, and then DJ Moore is just going to get pumbled. Oh, my <laughs> that God. That was so ugly, too, just to watch because, like, DJ Moore's feet were planted, too. Like, just <laughs> I- planted. I don't know. What, why is this an issue? I mean, we clown Chase Claypool for it. We haven't really given Mooney nearly as enough grief. Well, Mooney it. didn't even touch him. He, he didn't even know what was happening, apparently. Like, Mo- I, I don't know if that my I have a little bit of a feeling that that could have been a, a check that the quarterback makes, but that could be a play <laughs> that you can't check that in. So I have a feeling that that was a check called by Tyson Bajent and uh like because you in order for that to accurately work you need mooney to you 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 cannot have mooney um mooney needs to be like at the point of attack you know like he needs to be he needs to be right there right to press on that corner 
Um, oh, absolutely. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I, I can't even pretend like I would understand it. I mean, this was another one of those Bears games last week where you just look at the tape and you're like, I have no, like, this isn't football. <laughs> this is not a football play. It's so bad. It's so bad that, like, especially offensively, um, which is even like why Tim Jenkins, like, kind of makes these same statements all the time. He's like, he's like, I think that it's like Justin Fields' fault, but he's like, I don't know how he's being coached. He's like, this is just yeah. really weird. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Sometimes exactly. you're left clueless. Exactly. Um, all right. Linebackers. Yeah, I'm going to go Bears for sure. Yeah, we're one. defaulting to this one. I mean, and actually, the Bears linebacking group starting to come on a little bit to their credit. To their credit. Like, yeah. they're starting to put some decent performances together. We knew that they had the individual pieces. Um, and not just Edwards and Edmonds. I mean, Sanborn has been making some quality plays. You know, still not absolutely my favorite linebacker, but I will say that he's really usually pretty good at gap integrity, like, yeah. and stuffing the run in the hole. So it's coming together well for the Bears linebacking group. I mean, probably the one position group week in, week out that you can really count on to play well. I would like to see Noah Sewell get more in the mix here. I feel like yeah. he had such an impressive preseason but to this point has really, I mean, I saw Dylan Cole out there on the snap last week and I'm like, where's Noah Sewell? Why is he not playing? Um, seems like he would be someone in particular that you'd really want to have out there. I Maybe it's just like they view Dylan Cole or someone as being a better substitute for someone like Sanborn when he's off the field. For Dylan Cole also, I, I have a feeling that's more coverage ability too because I know he's a leaner linebacker. Um, whereas no soul is kind of a, you know, downhill linebacker, if you will. Um, yeah, it'll be, I, I, I do want to see more though. I want to be able to actually evaluate him. Also, you know what I'll say? Tyler Scott has best game by far. Oh, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I'll give yeah. him credit for that. I'm also almost certain that that throw that he came back and grabbed was supposed to be a throwaway throw <laughs> that Bajan just didn't have the arm for. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tyler Scott, and I think I, I brought that up during the post game. I was like, why haven't we been seeing more of him? Like, I knew the answer was because he's familiar in practicing with Bajan. Like, that became yeah. clear. That's also why we saw Valus as well. Um, but yeah, Tyler Scott shined well. Um, so I'm sure, you know, due to the familiarity as well, I mean, of course, there's still going to be Mooney and DJ Moore out there. Um, but I would still expect to see more of Tyler Scott, especially with the way that he played last week. Yeah, yeah. Um, completely agree. Do we, I don't know. Do we have an update if Equinemius is going to be back? I didn't see him on the injury sheet. So I assume so. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would help because then we can actually have someone that blocks on screen passes. Um, yeah. All right. Cornerback bears, safety bears for me. Yeah. The Raiders secondary isn't really anything too crazy and now that the bears are really kind of back to being minus like terrell smith which of course is kind of depth but um which is a shame because he was starting to come on and play really well but now that the bears are back to being pretty much healthy in the secondary still a pretty strong unit um you know i think we've said what we need to say about eddie jackson and all them but i think as a tandem him and brisker work pretty well and um you know, Stevenson, you know, Tyreek Stevenson, I think, has had a very 
a rookie corner season. There's been the highs, there's been the lows, there's been the penalties, mm-hmm. there's been the nice pass breakups. So I think he's he's working through. I think he's learning week to week. Um, and Jalen Johnson is kind of Mr. Consistency. We know usually Tyreek Stevenson is going to get targeted because if teams can help it, they'll avoid throwing over by Jalen Johnson, um, which is just yeah. kind of the type of corner that he is. So overall, though, the secondary is doing its thing. I mean, this defense last week played really well. They're going to have an opportunity again to play really well against the offenses is really not that great. So yeah. key is going to be stopping the running game. Obviously, the Raiders are going to lean right on that right away. If you can which, force this Raiders team to pass. That'll be interesting. Um I also like I know that the zone defense is crucial to Maddie Rafflus's scheme, but like at what point do you not just say that our talent fits better playing man right now? <laughs> like, I mean wow. it it doesn't make to me it it doesn't make sense why we're playing so much zone when we can't get to the quarterback at all. And like if you play zone like you might as well not even be playing defense if you can't get to the quarterback and you're playing zone. Like you should be in man co- like this Bears team realistically should be in man coverage most of the time. Um, I think that's truly the only way they'll be able to make any sort of progress here on defense, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. No, I mean, I think yeah, I think structurally wise with the players that have hand, especially too with being good all the way down to the nickel. You know, even against you know the offense if they're going out in eleven, you know, with a running back and a tight end, and you know three wide receivers and you're out there in your nickel package, you're pretty good coverage-wise across the board. And and we even do see, I mean, Jaquan Brisker does get into some man-to-man, which I don't always love because sometimes he does blow the coverage. Um, But he's certainly experienced at it. (laughs) You know, he has his experience playing one-on-one. So I don't know. I I do tend to agree with you there. I think especially for Jalen Johnson. I mean, if you want to go with your best corner, you know, straight up, I think he plays best man-to-man. Um, and I think Tyreek Stevenson, he can play both, but I do think that I would still lean to the side of him playing him man-to-man. So when you're talking about your two perimeter corners, there you go. Um, yeah. But, yeah, not how it works out with this team based around <laughs> a cover two, so why not? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get into the game plan. Um, I'll start off with mine. I, I know you mentioned Cole Komet having a big game. Let's just win the turnover battle. Let's win the mm. turnover. Let's get a positive turnover margin. I mean, it, when you're winning the turnover margin, especially if it's uh, a multiple by multiple turnovers, you tend to win games in this league. And the Bears have really struggled um, throughout the entirety of Matty Rafflus's time here, which was something that he really wanted to harp on at winning that turnover margin. And, you know, it just has not been happening. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I think that hits, especially when we're talking about backup quarterbacks playing. I, I think it's more important than ever. Um, yeah. Especially since they have Beijing doing his first first one uh, or his first career start. I think, you know, for me, yeah, I mean, I think offensively getting, especially since we don't have our, our top of the line running backs um, healthy, getting Cole Komet involved, getting DJ Moore involved early. You know, yeah. got to make a habit of it in order to really be able to spread the ball around later in the game. And I think Bajan's ability and probably his tendency to keep it throwing short um, and kind of being a little more methodical down the field, I think it might lend to be able to spread the ball around a little bit more anyway. 
Um, but I think that, you know, getting DJ Moore, he's the best player on the field. For yeah. this team. Especially Justin Field injured. Like, he's the best player, player on the field. You need to find a way to get him the ball. Somewhere or the other. Like, he's got to get the ball in his hands. Um, honestly, if he doesn't get involved, they're going to struggle to move the ball at all. So I think, you know, it's what worked in the Commanders game. Find a way to get him the ball. And, and hopefully that doesn't just mean screen game all the way. I mean, yep. hopefully it can be at least a few yards down the field. But hopefully he can break something off, you know, need a big yeah. play. See, I would I would say for my next one, call more RPOs, but we all not know that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, so I'm going to say let's move the pocket and let Bajent throw. I think that's a huge, huge one here is like if we go into this, like you're saying, just screen, 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 we're going to lose this game because um, the Bears to this point have shown pretty much zero success in their ability to actually get the screenplays to work. <laughs> I mean, they, it, it, which is impressive because they actually didn't do a bad job last year. It's like this year was right. a clear regression in that regard and in the run game, uh, which is why it's like, it's weird to say this, but even with this talent, I feel like offensively we've regressed this year. Um, obviously it doesn't look like that every time we hit the field, but um, yeah, it's going to be a real bad game. If we're not letting, if Luke gets, going in this game, trying to hide Bajan, because we have nothing to lose. Just like let it. I mean, and if he throws 10 picks, whatever, he's an undrafted rookie free agent, you know, but it's better yeah. than the slow suffocating death that's watching this offense every week that's currently happening. And I, kind of going off that too, like, can we please start u- utilizing like players and their strengths, like and actually play them in the way they're no, supposed to be? No like, comment. What? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, like, I don't have a problem with Kyrie Blazing game being in the game. But let him play fullback. Like, why do we have him flexed all the way out wide running pass patterns? Yeah. <laughs> like, let him play fullback. I mean, let him either lead block or if you're going to do a, a spider two-wide banana dealio, like, let him get out in the flat and, and get that short yards play that you need. I mean, like, simple as that. Like, let's play players actually in the position that they're good at. Um and put him in situations to win football games. I think defensively, I would say, you know, stop the run first and foremost. I think that's going to be the first thing that the Raiders are going to go to. Um, and hopefully this is a Raiders team that's shown that they can give up sacks. Bears got to get in the backfield early and often, especially if it is Aiden O'Connell playing. Um, you know, if you're not going to be blitzing, then these edge rushers need to get to the quarterback. Um, if not, the Bears are probably going to need to generate pressure by bringing – extra people um i don't think you can really just sit back and play the routine zone all the time um but i do think like you were mentioning with the turnover battle this barriers team needs to find a way to generate turnovers and um yeah i think special teams too one of those games where i think this could be such a sloppy game um special teams does come into it hopefully cairo santos is feeling good because i have a feeling that if we're scoring points it's probably gonna be a lot of field goals this week <laughs> so <laughs> you know get the kicker turns going maybe maybe this is the game where valus jones just to the bears fan base right yeah. returns what maybe a game winning you know return for a touchdown <laughs> something like that who knows oh, man. maybe that's in the cards we can dream um my final one kind of goes along the same lines as you, Reese, which is like, let's just put some trust in Donta Foreman. Um, 
Like, let's let him play like an actual running back. Let's let him play downhill. I'm just tired of all this like cutesy shit in the run game. And like Dante Foreman is like the one player you don't need to have all the window dressing with. And it's like, let's just, you know, like if you're going to, let's not, you know, do three yards and hand it to him on second and 13, Luke Getze, but let's use the run game sensibly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, and also in just a non crazy way, especially when we, if we, if we get to the red zone, I would say definitely lean on him. Right, exactly. No, I agree. And I think that for him, like if I were Getsy, and I know they like to implement like a decent amount of zone running scheme, I don't want to throw that out the window this week. Like I'd be like, let's get a yeah. hat on a hat. Let's get some trap blocks going. If we're going to be bumping anything, you know, if we're going to be running some power row, pull some guards. Um, but let's not get stuck in running some, you know, zone week type concepts or anything like that. You know, generate the hole, let Foreman put his head down, and, you know, if he blows through it, then maybe he's got some daylight up in front of him. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, let's just just hit it hard. <laughs> you ran well last week, to be honest. Um, Besides that, the fumble was ugly, but I liked everything that I saw after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially when, I mean, like, it also doesn't help when you're running the ball into a team that's blitzing like eight men at the same time. <laughs> like let's, True. let's again, sensibly run the ball. Right. It, 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 it just, it, or yeah. Why are we running the ball into like <laughs> the heavy side of the defensive formations? I don't <laughs> understand. Like it just, even if that ends up being your strong side, why are we running into that, that balance? Yeah. I just don't understand. I would, I would also like to see a little misdirection. Maybe, you know, have like a, uh, you know, a look like it's Tyson Bajant rolling out to uh, to try to, you know, have a little QB design run game. And then he flips it back to the running back that's coming across the back end. Get a little bit of misdirection going on. Maybe have uh, one of our wide receivers throw the ball this week. That'd be, that'd oh. be interesting. DJ Maybe Moore. A little, a little motion triple option switch going on, you know, bring Velas in motion. <laughs> Um, <laughs> a little Philly, Philly special. <laughs> oh no, hell no! We're not doing any of that. <laughs> Luke Getz would be the only person to ever get picked on a play like that to the house. What oh. if just like the Bears come out this week and it's just like power eye formation around here running power option? Like <laughs> I could see it. I could totally see it. <laughs> um, Something ridiculous. All right, score predictions before we wrap this thing up. Yeah, man, I've been um, been going back and forth on, on on what I think the score will be. I'm not predicting a Bears victory. So joining you in, in, in that club, Austin, I think the Bears are going to lose this one. Um, I think I think Bajan gets his touchdown. So I'm going to give the Bears. I'm going to say Bears thirteen. Raiders, Raiders twenty. Wow, you almost exactly match mine. I I was gonna say Bears thirteen, Raiders nineteen. So a lot of field goals, a lot of field goals in this game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, most definitely. (laughs) Um, I mean, this is a Raiders team that that struggles at scoring too. So, yeah. But to be fair, like I have to say, at least the players around the quarterback look a little more like 
they're some of these players are actually performing better than I think the player that they are. And I know that isn't true for Devontae Adams, but like Jacoby Myers, I mean, he's performing pretty good. Michael Mayer right on the early side of his career. Um, I, yeah. I do weird, like even, I don't know. I just have no confidence in the bears this week. I think I specifically, I'm afraid to see Luke Getz's game plan here. I'm I'm vehemently afraid to see. I, I could be eating my words on that be. touchdown pass for sure. I mean, I think there's definitely a chance the Bears don't score a touchdown this week. Oh my god. It'd <laughs> <laughs> be so bad. Zero against the Raiders. Oh man. I you know, Marcus Peters, he's he's you can get a pick or two too. I could definitely see him picking off the ball this week. Um for sure. I mean, with the Bears, nothing's out of the question. We could Max Crosby could get a pick, dude. <laughs> like, we could be talking about D Lyman getting picks. I mean, Josh McDaniels could get a pick. <laughs> pick. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's too man. funny. All right, man. Well, hopefully, it'll be a good week. What's your yep. likelihood of us winning? I think I, I said thirty percent after after the post game. I think I stick with that. I like it. Honestly. I like it. Yeah. It's at home. You know how good we are there. <laughs> exactly. I mean, oh yeah, it's only We've been a year it there. Well, thank you guys again so much for joining us. Um, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful week, and you know you'll always can catch us on our post game episode. Please leave us a rating and review. I keep meaning to mention that at the beginning of the show because. Obviously, we get less listeners as the time goes on. People get busy with their day or whatever. Can't listen to us for an hour and 15 minutes. Come on. Wimps. Yeah. Not true fans. Yeah. Well, ultimately, can we get the Wii Fence clip? Because that's what the Bears got to play this week. They got oh, yeah. Wii Fence. Very quiet, but I'll end it on the show with that, too. Okay. Well, we'll end it. We'll, we'll give you guys that at the end. But... Leave us a rating review. Really appreciate y'all sticking with us, especially uh, in this terrible season. And uh, as always, bear down. Bear down, everyone.